That's right, you are now listening to Tommy Tom's One Mic. Warning, this podcast contains explicit language, triggering or sensitive topics, and controversial discussions. Thank you so much for tuning in to Tommy Tom's One Mic. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind, never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher choice, nuts know I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles, y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm gonna be slaying this, cause you know I love the life. Yo, you gotta read between the lines. I'm only gonna be moving when I'm reading through all the signs. Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgraded mind. This is for the rebels and the revolutionary minds. Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind. Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine. Future is creation and creation is sublime. Make your own legend, only happens with time. Let's hit the mic. Hey guys, welcome back to Tommy Tom and One Mic. Today I have a very special guest. It's from the Dirty Jurors, I believe. Am I correct in saying that there, uh, my friend? Yes, you are. Yeah, 100%. Um, the Dirty Jurors. This is Stephen Bocaro. How you doing, Steve? Good. How are you, Tom? Ah, you know, you get by. You get by day by day. Wake up. <laughs> yeah. Feel that in my <laughs> I'm good. Good. Just ran away from my family to hang out with you for an hour. Yeah, I see that. You're hiding in your car. That That is the... I'm in my car at a park. <laughs> I, I left the house all together. <laughs> yeah. My wife was like, go sit in the driveway. So if I sit in the driveway, they're coming out. <laughs> so fi- they'll find you. They'll find yeah. you. Yeah. How many kids I do you have? I took a ride down the parkway. What's that? How many kids do you have? I have two kids, two boys. Uh, they're four and six. Ah, nice. Yeah. The kids say, yeah. <laughs> So, so Steve, I got to talk to uh, your buddy, your buddy over on uh, the Better Off Drunk podcast, uh, Mike, and <laughs> uh, you know, getting to talk to him and all that. Uh, it's always interesting to meet uh, other comics from different places and all that. You know, I've been stuck in New York, where it's a little more limited, I guess, compared to Jersey. Yeah, it's- I mean, I'm out. I'm out five, six days a week at least doing yeah. something right now uh and i mean the city just keeps shutting down again you know it's a shame but yeah it's a yo-yo it's a yo-yo but like i like that you've stayed busy during this whole uh pandemic i guess you can say just in the sense of like this is a i don't want to say excuse but i guess yeah it's a great excuse for someone to just kind of be like well, i tried it uh i gotta walk away from this now but yeah. it seems like you guys really like uh just kind of dug in yeah i mean i only had three weeks in before everything shut down i think i did 20 mics and everything shut down uh like a year ago this week and then in june we i found a spot that opened back up like on the low and i started back up again and it just snowballed from there you know, i've been out basically six days a week since june just trying to work. Yeah. Uh, hey, I love it. That's a, that's a dedication. You know, a lot of people don't want to put in that type of uh, work and shit, especially just beginning and then pandemic hits. So that it's like complete game changes and all that. The fact that, you know, you actually stuck with it and you actually went out to find someplace uh, commendable to say the least. Thank you. I, I mean, 
honestly, it really worked out better for me than it did most people. Because everyone that was out doing things had to come down to the level that I was not comedically, but like the same place that I was physically. Mm-hmm. You had to go back you know, like to people that had, Yeah, people that had shows and everything booked are now just any opportunity they can get for stage time are coming out to the same mic that I am. So I was able to meet a lot of people that I normally wouldn't have met until I was probably a year or two in at least. You know, I met them really my first month of comedy and got to know a lot of very good people through through that. Uh, so that part of it, it was really cool. No, uh, like you got to take advantage of every situation in a sense. And it took me a while just to get comfortable with all that and I think about like, oh, if I started right before the pandemic, what would that have done? And, you know, for me, I'm lucky that I get to at least produce some shows in upstate New York where it's a little easier to get away with stuff like that, especially with like outdoor stages and stuff like that where I live. So I was able to stay busy that, but it took me a while to get to that confidence and I guess that position that I could actually start doing that. Yeah. It definitely made you figure out what you were capable of, you know, as a comic, as a person in, in any sense, really like it's, what can I do now? Because there's nothing to do. You know? <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it's, it's true. It's true. It's either you can just sit there and waste away, or you can actually get off your ass and do something and stay busy. Yeah, that's pretty much what I tell everybody who's like depressed or something throughout 2020. I was just like, you got to get up and do something. Uh, you can't just sit around wallowing in uh, self-pity. All right, like just do anything. I mean, go for a walk, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Some woods to wander around and eat some mushrooms. Have a good time. <laughs> yeah, mushrooms is how I got into stand-up. So, yeah, I fully, I fully oh, commit yeah yeah my we uh my friend wanted to try he wanted to try stand up and he was like yeah yeah let's uh let's go and he just found these like two stems that have been god knows sitting in his like dresser drawer for however long or something he's like yeah we'll just eat this we'll get a nice body high or something and at the time i was still like a virgin going to the city and we took a train in and we sat in the wrong kind of the way it goes is like some you're going regular and the others you're sitting kind of going backwards going into the city yeah. and that's where we sat and throughout the whole time it's like i'm like it's just one step how am i like this fucked up right now that i'm actually tripping and we get off and we're both like whoa and we're like all right you know what we got some time we'd never gone to the city so we didn't know like now, knowing what I know, we were never going to make any of the mic, the mic that he wanted to get to, because I've done it before. So it's just like, so clueless about it. So we're just like, hey, we'll go to the planetarium before we go to the mic. And we think we're just going to walk across like Central Park. But, you know, virgin in the city, I don't realize that like Central Park is huge and that it was like fucking chronicles of narnia just like walking across there and just trying to get to everything is it was brutal and we just ended up just going to bleaker street and stumbled into uh the village lantern and for okay just by chance they had a mic going in the back so we went back there and i saw that he was gonna like wuss out from doing it so i was like well if i do it he'll do it then he has to do he's it. gotta do it if i do it, do it. so 
then it just started from there and i was just like all right let me just start trying to do this find out where mics are were and follow through and just keep going my first mic was like five minutes away from my house oh really tuesday night yeah and uh i had a bunch of time off work because i just had shoulder surgery so i was like if i'm gonna do this that i've wanted to do forever like i might as well do it now because i've got the time i don't have to be at work in the morning i can be out on weeknights like no big deal so i went out and i hit the first one did two and a half minutes dropped the mic off the cord got off stage (laughs) and went to a second mic (laughs) you just gotta keep moving sometimes yeah uh and now I do have to go to work because I went back and I'm still out at night. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's not Lovely. good. Mommy asking, how old are you, uh, Steve? I'm 36. Jolly, finally, an older guy. An old, another old. I'm usually the old guy when I'm talking to people. It's like most of them are in their 20s. I was like the only one in my 30s. And I always kind of look back and I talk to Mike about it, how... Uh, there was the Joe Rogan podcast with Anthony Jesselneck where they're talking about how it was crazy for guys older to get into stand-up or something like that was like, you should probably do it when you're young or something. And I'm just like, nah, if I did it when I was young, I wasn't as comfortable or as real with myself as I am now. Like I was a disaster of a human being when I was 22. (laughs) I had no business being out in public like that all the time, trying to talk to people. You know, I would have been, I would not have been well-liked at all. 22-year-old <laughs> me was not a good person. <laughs> exactly. I, I look at that, I'm like, no, no. I would have been just, I would have just been reckless and probably wouldn't have given the business the respect that it deserves. And probably like most 20 years, I would have started and then I would have just like, all right, I did it, I'm done. And then just walk away. I wouldn't have uh, the commitment. I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's 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 wild because I am one of the older people everywhere I go. Really, everyone that's older than me has been doing comedy for fifteen years, mm-hmm. for the most part. You know, I can hang out with them in a social setting and be very comfortable, but comedically, like they're they're levels above, you know, because they've got the time in. So it's fun to see. You know, I don't know. I am like a 22-year-old in comedy, but I'm a grown-up in real life, which is a weird thing to be. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Uh, you know, I always, like, most of the comics I book for my shows, they are younger than me and stuff. Uh, And some have more years than me. Some have, like, the exact same. Like, I started when I was 28. Turning, so I'm, like, going on my five years. It'll be my five years... Actually, this week, this coming week, will be five years for me. Uh, but just making that conscious decision to actually start doing stand-up, like, you had the time, you had all that. And you said you always had, like, an interest in comedy and stuff like that. Whereas, like, I guess, like, with most, there's, like, these comics or something that you saw that, like, maybe kind of, like, inspires, like, oh, yeah, I, I, I get that what they're doing or something or like was like for fandom for you i mean so for that and then that regard with stand-up i always loved it i always watched like when comedy central came out when i was a kid and it was just stand-up comedy i thought that was the greatest thing in the world 
You know? Oh yeah, but, you then, you know. see a bunch. You saw a bunch yeah. of people like first like half hours and stuff that are now like established in the business. You may not like see them everywhere, but it's like, oh, I remember that Comedy Central. Went back when Comedy Central was like dope. Was I guess comedy. you can say. Yeah. Yeah. But then I mean, really, the person that made me want to do stand up was Patrice. Ah. Uh, did you see uh the the documentary? Uh, killing, I did. Uh, yeah. Yeah, killing is that? easy. Yeah, killing is uh, easy. Well, first of all, I don't think killing is easy. I think it, maybe for Patrice it was, but for yeah. a lot of people it's not. But that he had it figured out. He really did. It wasn't even like it was a science or anything. To him, I think it was just life. And the way that he saw things made people laugh. And that's yeah. You know, it's admirable. He definitely came at things with a different mindset. I believe, like, they kind of explained the whole title of Killing Easy. For him, it was like, yeah, you can kill, but if that's your only focus, what do you really want to do on a stage? Do you just want to kill or do you want to do something else? Do you want to yeah. make people think? Do you want you want to just start a conversation or something like that? And you could tell that from his stand-up of just like, oh, okay. He wasn't somebody that necessarily the system liked uh you know but that was like in place and all that and it is true he probably should have been bigger than he was but he still left this like maybe not in in the public popular opinion or something like that but for any comics anybody interested in comedy there is a legacy like cemented just for oh, yeah. what he and did. it's the, the respect that everyone speaks of, it, it's just that's that's really all I think that I've ever wanted was to be funny enough to be respected by funny people. Is that a weird thing to say? No, no, I think that's that's legit. You want it's great to have fans and all that, but the respect of your peers also goes kind of like a long way. Like you see the difference in certain like celebrities or people like that. Like you can see the people that got into stand-up or any music or anything like that that did it because they wanted to be famous and then you see the other ones that did it because they just love it and success came to them because of that genuineness and all that yeah. and that's it's like which what spectrum do you want to be put on do you want to be known as the person doing it for the money or the person who would still be doing it regardless yeah, I'm just trying to be the guy that that wants to do it, you know, like, because especially because of when I started, like, I got a wife, I got two kids, I got a day job with benefits and a pension, like, how do I quit my job to go on tour to make $100 a night, two days a week, and like, maybe drive Uber in between, like, the path for me to actually become good uh, not good enough but known enough is a very it's a rough path right now it's so a very different one really do is, yeah so all i can really do is be happy that you know like the situation where where i came to know you through preston where preston thought enough of me to recommend me to you and then you saw a tape and you thought the tape was good enough that you booked that's it that's good enough for me right now i'm super happy that that thing happened to me 
You know, I don't I know. Look, I uh, my thing has always just been giving people a chance. Like, I've done seven shows. My focus has always been some people will focus on the money. Uh, we got to make this back and all that. My thing is just, I just want to have a good show and give people opportunity and whatnot. Because for me, uh, those first three years were tough just because I was going down to the city, not living there. So you can see how people who live down in the city already have their connections and stuff there. And you're just kind of that like outsider that comes in every week or yeah. every other week to do a couple mics and hopefully make it back to uh, Port Authority in time to catch his bus back home and whatnot. Yeah, that's rough. So there is a separation. And for years, people are like, why don't you do something up here and all that? And I thought that was a joke because the mentality usually in like small towns is just like, there's nothing happening here. I don't want to do anything. And I had to like get into this mindset of like, I might as well make something happen. And I really don't look for like big names per se or something like that. It's more so who's doing the work, who wants it and who has that same kind of mentality as I do. And that yeah, the, the grind. Yeah. You just want to perform. Like, Let's go like, to work. There's some people that like right away, they just want to throw out like a price. It's like, Oh, I'll do this for this and all that. And it's just like, I can do some, like, I want to throw the comics money and stuff like that, but it's also tough. Like I'm not really making money from a lot of the shows I've done that. It's like, all right, I have to prioritize. Most people, they don't care about the comedy. They're coming for the music. I'm using the music to get people to come out so that the comedy has a chance to just kind of like right. sprinkle that in there. And get yeah, that just kind of mix it throughout the day, and you know, if I can throw gas money and shit like that, that's what I try and do. But I also give them the chance to like. I don't really put like. I give the ten to fifteen minutes. I'm like, just go, do what you feel comfortable with. If you start going over the time, that's when I'll be like, hey. But for the most part, I'm going to let you feel it out, feel how you want to do. Sometimes that works, sometimes it doesn't, but. You don't really get that experience too often, especially early in comedy. Right. It's mostly like open mics where you're talking to other comics and stuff like that, which is fine. But at the same time, you want that audience reaction so you can just mentally make notes for yourself as to, okay, this is how this gets yeah. this reaction and all that. This is a little different than how I envision it in my head or how people that are in comedy would normally react. And then you start to figure out your voice and stuff that way. Yeah, I mean, that's why I've always liked doing the mixed mics. Like the same concept as the shows you promote is, you know, if there are, there's four rappers, a lady with a guitar, two poets and three comics, that's not an audience full of comics. And mm -hmm. chances are the people that are doing music have at least one person they brought with them. Comedy is very, comedy is lonely. You leave your house and there's no one coming with you to do comedy. Your girlfriend isn't getting in the car with you every day to go to an open mic. You know, yeah. your friend's not going to get in the car like, hey, dude, I'm going to a mic. You want to go? No, I don't want to come watch you be bad at comedy. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so true. It's so true. Like, I had some friends come with me to open mics, and I just like, all right, no more mics. If I do like 
a bringer show or something where there's like other audience members and stuff like that then i'll be like all right cool and i know a lot of comics that hate bringer shows and the idea and my suggestion to them all the time is like well are you just bringing them out to see you perform is is that that's all you're doing right it's like all right come out and then we'll just go home if you're gonna go to the city or someplace then set up to do something afterwards just make it a whole event or something right. so it's yeah, kind more of enticing, enticing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not necessarily a bribe, but you might as well, if you're going to do it, you might as well have some fun and make it something positive. You know, this way, you know, if you bomb, you know, after it's like, all right, cool, I'm going to do this to try and fucking forget that this Yeah, yeah that sucks. Yeah. And now we're going to go to a bar or go do something else over there and, and go have a good time. I think like one of the places I found was this shots bar. And it's just, it has like just a pamphlet of just shots and then they just have basic beer. That's just their specialty and all that. And that was like the spot. And I walked in with like seven people, went out to get pizza. Only four of us came back, stepped outside again, only two. And it was like, just like a countdown of my friends just like tapping out. And it was just right. me walking back in and the bartender just looks at me. It's like, Tom, you're fucking savage. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> And all that, I was like, look, man, I got a, I got, I got a master's in alcoholism. It's spelled D-W-I, but it's, it's same degree, same degree. But you got to have fun with it. And most of the time, people outside of comedy, and unless you have a name, there's, I don't want to say a disrespect towards the idea of like, oh, he's doing comedy or something like that. But it's also like low expectations, I guess. It's either people think that like, you're going to be on Netflix because you tell them that you do comedy or they're like that I've never heard of anyone that you're on this show with. What are you doing with your life? <laughs> yeah, that is true. That is true. Yeah. <laughs> and I'd be like, no, you should come because these are funny people that you just don't know about yet. And then like, you could be like, Oh, you remember all the people that said that they saw Molly crew on Rodeo drive or whatever before, like now this can be you. You can, uh, you can get to see the next thing before it's a thing now. See In the theory. coal before it comes becomes a diamond or whatever yeah. fucking phrase they would say. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's most people like I I guess that's kind of the difference with music and comedy in the sense that like anybody will go see a music act. They're just like, oh, music, okay, I'll check it out. Comedy, yeah. there's almost like a kind of like it's like who. Like you have to know a name or something to actually care almost. It's like, I guess I guess I'll go support you and whatnot. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like even my wife, if my wife walks into a bar and there happens to be a band there, unless they're the worst thing she's ever seen, she's gonna have a good time. If she walked into a bar and there was random comedy happening, she probably not staying or she's gonna be an asshole. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you get those. <laughs> yeah. That's uh, it's a very uh, underestimated thing, I guess you could say, just of how that works. Yeah. But, like, have you had any like interesting experiences uh, doing these mics during the pandemic or anything? Any like funny stories or something? I mean, for the most, it's been pretty calm, and it's really like kind of a core group of people that I see. On a regular, I see like the same forty comics 
you know, rotated in and out like six days a week. Mm. Um, so nothing really, nothing really crazy has happened yet. Like I do a mic on Mondays that, uh, my buddy Elazar puts on and it's at a bar that like, apparently before the pandemic was the craziest thing in the world, like fights and people fucking dying in the bathroom and just craziness. And now it's just 15 comics and eight people at a bar. <laughs> like it's everything's calmed down a lot. So I'm looking forward to getting back to the, the chaos. I love, I love chaos. Say, <laughs> hey, you know, little mayhem never, never went wrong. That's at least yeah. in my belief. Oh, it's like a little it's of a that. Good time. <laughs> I've met some, some very interesting people that probably shouldn't be walking around in the world freely. I will say that much, but yeah, you do meet, you yeah. do meet some characters. You meet some characters. There's a dude who, there was a comic who had a whole freak out at a mic. Yeah. Calling a, a bunch of uh, paid like patrons at the bar uh, faggots and whatnot, just like flipping out on them. Okay. And then like the guy uh, running the mic, he like pulled inside, was talking to him and he just comes out and like he chastised him. And then he like comes up, he's like, he told he blamed it on Burger King that like his blood sugar was <laughs> stuff. Like, like damn, damn Burger King, fuck me up, man. I'm sorry. It's like apologizing and blaming Burger. It's like it was the Burger King. I don't know. It's like oh shit. That's why I'm gonna use that on my wife later. Like I'm sorry. It was it's Burger, Burger King. King. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It happens. Yeah. That's no, crazy. At the same time, you just meet like interesting characters and stuff in this. But at the same time, oh, I think yeah. you meet, how do I say it? You sometimes realer people, I think, also, in a sense, just in comedy. There's there's nothing to hide behind. For at least five minutes, you get to see that person's brain. Even if they're different at the bar, you still know what you saw when they mm-hmm. were in front of a microphone. You know, so they could try to not be that, but in a that's who you really are. That's your thought process. Because that's all comedy is, is your thoughts coming out of your mouth to people that probably don't want to hear them. Yeah. <laughs> like. It really uh, is. Just uh, letting your voice out there and then just like seeing what happens. I mean, you can tell when someone's just putting on an act or if they like rehearse. Like I know when I first started, I like rehearse my like that tight five I had to get that tight five and it was just like rehearse rehearse i'd like say it when i'm walking to work i say it like just like doing it timing myself and shit and when i realized like looking back on videos i was just like oh i am so fucking robotic and like you can tell this is scripted it's not as free-flowing as i am now where i'm just like more relaxed with it just like that tightness when you're up there and all that and you have to get that comfort you have to get comfortable quick just in this yeah, idea when i started i think probably the first 30 or 40 times i went up i wouldn't even make the light to get my five minutes because i was just running through the jokes that i had written mm-hmm. like like you said like a robot and then when i relaxed and i was able to calm down and, and switch things up and and talk to people you know it changed everything really you know when i went from just a guy that wrote some jokes and i have to tell my jokes to stop relax talk to them like they're people 
instead of, I don't even know what I was doing at first. I was just yelling jokes at people quietly. <laughs> like, yeah. On a script. So I think that, you know, becoming comfortable is definitely, it's helped a lot. It, you know, and it takes a uh, varying uh, time for different people and all that just to find that comfortableness. It's really just kind of like accepting. I mean, they're going to be good. I'm going to, or I'm going to be bad, whatever I'm doing it. Oh yeah. Accepting that it's, it might not go well and that's okay because it might go well tomorrow. You know, that, that helps a lot. Mm -hmm. Like I had a good week this week, went and did a thing Thursday night and the the room was dead. Just the whole place bombed. It was, I watched 10 people in a row bomb. Went up, tried to do something, you know, tried to do something different, do something new. It, it didn't really work out. And then, you know, that's okay. I'll go up Friday. I'll go up Saturday. It doesn't, it doesn't matter. I'm going to take what I did that day and from that experience, try to learn from it and make everything else better. That's oh, yeah. I mean, <laughs> you see it. Sometimes uh, that's the thought. Like, I've had people reach out about, getting into stand-up and it's just kind of one of those things where either they just don't understand or want to do the work or they think oh yeah uh you know just give me a mic and i'll be good you know i don't want to or and they they openly say i don't want to bomb like when i suggest go hit up an open mic or something like that just like it doesn't process fully that oh no, this is like this is a job. You're you're probably not going to get paid for it for a while, and yeah. you're going to have to just dig in. And there are a lot of days it's not going to go well. It's you know, nobody just goes up and does well every day. It just doesn't happen. Not that I've seen. You could do good most days, but there's going to be a day. There's a mic a week or a mic every you know every few days that it's just not going to go. Because you're trying things, you're trying to learn, you're trying to grow, and it's it can't always be right. No, you can't. <laughs> and you know, I, I think that like ties back to uh, what I brought up earlier. Being a little older, getting into comedy, you look back at like our younger selves. Would I have that maturity and like knowledge, or would I would have been one of those? Oh, I did no, bad. I'm not going to do this again. Oh, I failed. Yeah, there's no way. I could have just sat at the bar instead of going up and embarrassing myself. Yeah. That's what I would have done. You know? Yeah. I think I just reached that point that I was just like, ah, fuck it. Like, (laughs) I fucked up enough in life. Well, what's anybody going to really say? Oh, you suck? It's like, all right, cool. Whatever. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, my job sucks too. And my kids like to yell at me. Like, what? this (laughs) is just strangers. I'm good, dude. (laughs) That's it. It's getting over that nervousness. Like I've seen comics like freak out at mics or something just because people are there and it's just like, this is nothing, bro. Just like calm down, take a deep breath. This is so what? <laughs> you know, uh, oh, oh, a cop's here. Cool. He's sitting at the bar oh. drinking. Just fuck with him and just be like, Hey, uh, you got a DD, buddy? You got a DD? And you're yeah. uh you, you you have fun with it. It's like you're doing jokes. Anybody gets like too serious with it, whatever. <laughs> that's that's literally you're you're there to tell jokes. Have fun. It's supposed mm-hmm. to be fun. Even when it's not fun, it's fun. 
Yeah, because yeah. you're just you're doing it. Like I, I try to explain sometimes to people that it's like it's a different like you know as cliche as it is a different high. It's that different kind of excitement of just doing something, and it doesn't have to be comedy. It could be anything. It's just like this is something I want to do, and just doing it is good enough for me at this point. Like, what I want? Do I want more? Yeah, I'd like more. But the fact that I'm just doing it now, it's just like there's a satisfaction there that you know I don't really have personally for myself and many other things in my life. Right. Yeah, I've got I've got work, my family, and comedy. That's basically it. That's ba- I'm three. I get to be three people every day. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm 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 decent at two of them. <laughs> <laughs> work is su- work is suffering a little bit. <laughs> work is su- <laughs> I was gonna say you're going you're going six days six day you're like six or five days a week going in the comedy with yeah. a job and with kids. It's got to be a little tiring that sometimes. Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm exhausted <laughs> constantly. But you know, there's like one day a week that I don't go out, and then like last night I stayed home, hung out with the kids. I was in bed by nine, got up a little bit late today that's my good day. You know, tonight I've got to record the podcast and then I'll probably go to a show at a strip club, a comedy show at a strip club. I need to clarify that. Um, <laughs> In case the wife listens back to this. <laughs> yeah, she, she knows I'm going to be at Flamingos later. <laughs> um, and then, you know, tomorrow I got my kids all day and then I got a mic at night. I won't get home until probably one or two. And then I'm up at five 30 Monday. And that's my week, pretty much straight through. Yeah, every day is that day. Mm-hmm. Just let that be so. like uh, notice to people that think uh, who uh, complain about the whole grind and all that is like, you don't know how much other people are actually sacrificing. I want to say sacrifice. It's not so much you're sacrificing uh, like family time. It's just like balancing how much they have to balance in their lives to actually make this work sometimes. Oh, oh yeah. And, and any one of these three things could go off the rails very easily mm-hmm. with the way that I'm living at this point. <laughs> like, <laughs> Definitely. There's, there's always that risk. You know, yeah, so- the opportunity to fail miserably at one of these three parts of my life is just, it's right there all the time. <laughs> it's the bad is you're literally the tightrope balance of just like, I gotta, you know, maybe tonight I'm not, I shouldn't show up too late coming back home. I think my wife was a little pissed off last time. Oh, yeah. It'll be like, you know, it'll be 11. I'll be like, I should go home now instead of staying for this extra two hours. I, the, the, the rough part is uh, the spot that I'm at Sundays and Wednesdays that we do our mic at. Uh, well, it's not my mic, but it's the mic. We consider it our mic. Uh, Your home base, essentially. Yeah, it's home base. It, it literally is my comedy home. Um, it's at a social club. So we don't have to leave. There's no one throwing us out. There's no bartender. Most of the time, I'm one of the bartenders. Yeah. Like, so there, there's nothing making me leave. Except that thing in the back of my head, like, hey, dipshit, you have work in five hours. Uh, and then you have to take care of your kids before you try to do this again. Get it together and go home. 
So I'm saying if I was 22 and I was doing this, it wouldn't have worked out. (laughs) No, no, no. Uh, (laughs) And, you know, that's a, it's a difference. Uh, You know, my pullout game's still on point, I believe. So I don't have to worry about the kids staying so far, no family and all that. So I do have a... You can say fuck you, Tom. <laughs> no, no. I'm not upset with people that don't have kids. It's 100% my own fault. <laughs> it's all good. It's all good. Well, you know, yeah, you got two boys. And according to, um, was it the Jersey Shore? Uh, if uh, the girl has an orgasm, she ends up having boys when she gets pregnant. So I'll take, I will take that lot. on you. Frost yeah, on you, I'm doing great. Doing great. It's def- definitely had nothing to do with tequila at all. Um, definitely no birth control failure involved. <laughs> yeah. This is all planned. It was. All <laughs> yeah. Yep. At least one of them. <laughs> so, uh, we're gonna take a quick little break, Steve. And all right. Uh, when we get back, we'll talk about, we'll get into the family thing. I'm, I'm always curious about the guys with families and uh, doing this whole stand-up thing, because like we've kind of discussed, it's always kind of difficult to explain to people just like the time and effort you actually have to put into this to make it work. And yes. <laughs> knowing me, I'm just like, I always give props to the guys with a family and all that, uh, that are actually doing this. It's like your dedication is way higher than mine. I would say that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> we'll definitely, we'll have fun with that. And uh, get into some of the, you know, your uh, Better Off Drunk podcasts, uh, your drinking games and all that. I, I do have my questions that I didn't okay. get to ask Mike about. So I'll ask the other half. I'll ask the other half. But we'll, uh, right, we'll be right good. back. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll be right back after this. And we're back. Hey guys, Tommy Tom, and I'm here with uh, my boy Steve uh, Picaro, and uh, you know we've been talking about comedy and all that, but we did live off on your whole family aspect and all that. I gotta ask, like, what is the? I guess the most important question is, what is your wife? How does your wife feel about uh, this recent year of you going into like uh, comedy? Like, how long have you guys been together? Uh, I've been with my wife 13 years. Uh, so she's, she knows who I am as a person <laughs> and what, and what brought me to this point. Um, so she doesn't mind the comedy most of the time. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I, I really, I, I bring chaos into my house. Mm. I'm a chaotic person and it makes my kids chaotic and she really just wants her peace and quiet a lot of the times. Like, she's the only female. That's no, it. Yeah. I, it's me and two savage little boys. <laughs> so, normally, like, average day, I get out of work at 3.30. I'll go pick the kids up. Um, I'll hang out with them until she gets out of work. Uh, we'll have dinner. Like, hang out. I'll do bath time with the kids. And then 7.30, I'll put my older son in bed because he's got school in the morning. And then I'm out. And then apparently my house is like the quietest place in the world. So she <laughs> you're you're the you're like the fucking that. chaos uh, like black hole that yeah. just comes in and then it's just like everything just starts uh, 
getting destroyed around you. <laughs> oh yeah, it, like if she if she's got the day off and she's home with the kids, I walk in and all hell breaks loose, and she looks at me she's like, "This is you." They were just <laughs> sitting there like playing peacefully for three hours, and I walk in the door and all just it's chaos. So yeah. So in that regard, she doesn't really mind because everything quiets down. Um, and I try to give her, I mean, the ratio is way off, dude. Like every other Friday, she goes out and does whatever she wants. She normally goes to hang out with her brother and his girlfriend. And that's it. I'm out six days a week. And she goes out every other Friday. And she's happy. And I can't, I don't know. She's a fucking angel. <laughs> Any uh, any wife of a comic uh, should probably get sainthood uh, automatically. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, she earned it. She's never seen me go up. No, never. She doesn't. Have you ever had any like? Has she ever had any interest to uh, actually see you? No, I almost guilted her. So April sixteenth, I'm on a show, uh, and it's like kind of my birthday show, and I told her about it, and she was like, dude like not really interested in coming, but I think she was going to. And last night I I said, you don't have to come. It's okay. You can stay home and I'll go hang out with my degenerate comic friends and, and do that. And you don't have to be exposed to them because she said, she's like, she doesn't like comedy and she doesn't like strangers. So Mm. why would she want to hang out with a bunch of strangers that think they're funny? I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, that's you know what? That's, a, that's, a, that's a fair <laughs> argument. That's a fair argument. You can't really like battle against. It's like, all right, touche. You got this one. Yeah, like okay, you can stay home. If I ever do something cooler than this, I'll let you know, and you can come out. But I'm gonna go have fun with my comic friends, and you know, um, like my mom has seen me. My mom's come to a couple things. My dad saw me for the first time the other day. And he brought me a decommissioned 50 caliber bullet and handed it to me before the show for no reason. Yeah. It's right here. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah. He brought me a fucking bullet. Like, okay, go tell jokes now. Like, what? I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> shit. So the shows that I like produce, they came, well, before the pandemic, because they're down in Georgia, they would come up from Georgia for, for the shows. Oh, wow. And it was always it was always funny because you know I'd have a bunch of people that have known me since I was little uh, come out just to check it out, and they would see my parents, and they would hear me do my stand up, and always there would be this moment of somebody like just being like, I can't believe you said that in front of your parents because they know my parents is these good church going people and shit, right? And they hear me talking just foulness of sex and drugs and my uh, ultimate failures in life. And all that, and they're like, holy shit. <laughs> and I think it's the first time a lot of people actually get is like, oh, he's doing stand up. He's this is actually a thing. Yeah. This isn't, he's not just Real. talking about it. He's he's really he actually saying this in front of mom and dad. I was like, yeah, I'm in my 30s now. At this point, yeah. I'm pretty sure they know I've had sex and they definitely yeah. know about my uh, drug use and uh, <laughs> my drinking. So I might as well yeah. just be upfront. Yeah, they know exactly who I am at this point in time. So there's mm-hmm. no point in keeping it from them, especially in front of a room full of strangers. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know. Can't go, up there. Can't go up there. Gee golly, guys, how are you doing today? Hey, how are you? It's like, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> I can't I can't put up that. 
I can't put up this false facade just because my parents are there and stuff. And I do that with like even my friends because, you know, I, I'm more of a storytelling comic. So I tell stories from uh, my past and all that. And sometimes they include some of my friends and all that. And there have been friends that are like, I don't think you should use like our names and stuff like that. It's like, all right, cool. I won't use yeah. your name when you're there. If you're there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're not going to come to my shows and shit, it's like, why, why? You want me to respect it? No. All right. If you did. And like one yeah. of my friends, I, I had like a slew of jokes about it and he didn't care. And he was like one of my boys that would always come with me to the city when I did like showcases and all that. A joke about him and my other friend uh, being my uh, security guards and shit and gave them security shirts one day just <laughs> walking around with me. <laughs> it's like, this is my security team. It's like, <laughs> and we were all the spectrums. One's black, one's white. I'm a little in between. I was like, we got the three shades of disaster right here because we're going to go out. <laughs> but it's... It is weird uh, sometimes the family support when it comes to comedy and all that. Like sometimes I feel bad for my parents and just like, you guys have probably had all these like dreams and shit that you wanted to see me do. Yeah, and now we're here. We're here. <laughs> we're here. We're here and you're watching me do this and I'm going to keep doing it whether you come or not. <laughs> There's no way to stop it at this point. So you might as well get used to it because you're going to see it one day. Yep. Um, you know, in my case, though, you know, they've seen a lot worse. So at this point, they're just like, this is this is great. You know, I did like a little uh, fundraiser talent show just hosting and just doing like my uh, my Grammys or uh, my Academy Award audition of just like going through like a kind of scripted thing. of just like, hey, this is just doing that. And I get a message from my parents. Hey, we're watching the stream. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right, they're probably loving this because this is the most clean I've been because I can't curse because this is like a fundraiser for kids. I was like, you guys are yeah. me right now. And it's like, nice. when I get to do a podcast next week, add like a, for another group of people. And it's like, all right, cool. This one, I get to be a little uncensored and just be like, all right. So if you saw that, that's not me. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's me calm. I had to be. For the children, for the children, of course, you know. <laughs> yeah, only only for the children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my mom watched the we we live streamed the first podcast we did, and uh, oh yeah, my, my mom watched it, and she waited a full day to call me. Uh, she called me the following day, like on her way home from work. She was like, "Steven, mom," she goes, "You can't do that anymore." <laughs> 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 why not it's like you drank six beers in 13 minutes i was like well, why'd you count <laughs> you can't <laughs> can't do that mom oh shit yeah i will have that where it's like i don't really drink in front of my parents or anything it's just like yeah. there's my respect but on the stage now i'm just gonna do my thing yeah definitely so I show certain respect and all that. I did. I did. I, I like. I'm looking forward to July because they'll probably come up, and I do have a a joke that's a little foul, but it's like a, it's calling back to them always like never wanting to have wanting me to have a girl in my room or something. Like I wasn't allowed right. to have girls like stay over or something like that. And me just like my counter argument that I've held on to for so long, and that. 
the walls in our fucking house were very thin. So it's, you know, a little hypocritical. Yeah. No, oh, geez. Trust me. You guys would have known if I was. Because I knew. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I look forward to seeing you do that in front of them. <laughs> it's always something with them. But it's not... It's, yeah. It's fun. You know, the family support's always important and all that. What about, like, your friends? Like, uh, your friends not in comedy. How do they, like, kind of view everything? I'm curious. Uh, I told I told a friend of mine that I started doing comedy. And he looked at me and he said, who the fuck are you? <laughs> like, <laughs> so, you know, they, uh, my friends are very, they're not kind people. So they'll, no. they'll tell me exactly what they think. <laughs> um, you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like no, like you're you're retarded. You can't do jokes. <laughs> you can't even talk. <laughs> and I'm like, no. Turns out I can actually. I can. <laughs> so um, I've gotten I've gotten some support from friends that have come out, but that's the other thing about being older is like most of my friends can't come out to a bar on a Thursday at nine o'clock to watch me tell jokes. Like, it's just not a feasible thing for them. So. Oh yeah. It's uh, a lot of my friends have kids. I've, I, I do joke on stage. I was like, I've, I've reached the point that like most of my friends either married or, and have kids uh, or been in long-term relationships and shit like that. Like they're, they're, they're all, uh, I joke with them. They're domesticated, and I'm still the degenerate asshole. Uh, I've somehow become the full degenerate asshole. I'm the only one with like a felony. I'm like, <laughs> I like have, I'm the police record and all that. It's like at one point I was the good kid. Like I didn't curse or drink caffeinated soda. And oh, wow. somewhere this all changed and all that. <laughs> well, those are always the kids where it goes. It always goes south for that kid. That kid that's like, you guys, you're messing up. I'm not doing the things you're doing. One day that kid has enough. And it goes off the rails in a hurry. It wasn't. It was that I was too sneaky. I was I like <laughs> everyone viewed me as that, but like people that I actually hung out with knew I was like I had that wild side. Right. And now it's just like, oh, it's it's open now. Like I'll go to barbecues and all that. And I think there was like one barbecue I went to. And somehow all the kids at the barbecue were just hanging out with me and having me push them on like this little swing or something. And I'm doing this with one hand drinking like homemade sangria in the other hand. And I'm looking at all the parents just like sitting there. I was like, this is bad parenting. You guys left all your kids with the alcoholic to fucking just <laughs> push them yeah, and play with them. They could drink in peace without their kids. <laughs> They'll take it. I've, uh, you yeah, know. Every party with children needs a guy like you. <laughs> You're in a necessity there. <laughs> because I'm you get sure to... this is the only reason I get invites now. It's just like, Tom's going to say some wild shit at us and all that. Yeah. But at the end of the day, he can distract all the kids. They'll, they'll just go right. play with him or chase him around or something. And he'll, he'll, just, he'll indulge them. Yeah, it's a, that's a very necessary person. Mm-hmm. I'm a... Uh, I'm fun Uncle Tom in that sense, which is, you know, one of my other jokes of just like, 
anybody that thinks racism can't be funny, you clearly have never had some little white baby run up to you screaming, Uncle Tom, Uncle Tom. And you're just being like, oh, you, you little, you little fucking cracker. Look at you. Oh, you got me. You know what? You're lucky you're cute. And then the dad's like, yeah, Uncle Tom is like, you shut the fuck up. You're not. You no. can't do this. No. Can't no. do this. <laughs> they can. You can't. Yeah. Dude. It's always interesting the the kid ass. Like, your kids are still young. Do they have like a kind of concept that dad's going out late at night to go tell jokes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. My big one asks me every day, Dad, you going to go tell jokes tonight? And I'll be like, yeah. And then he'll try and tell me a joke sometimes, <laughs> or he'll be like, or or he'll just come straight at me and be like, make sure you're funny. I'm like, well, God, I don't know if I can be, but I'll try, dude. Like, that's gonna be your rough critic. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. And he's, I don't know, he'll probably be funnier than I could ever be. Hmm. Like he's got, he's got it in him. I don't know. It's just natural. You know, I start, I just started doing a, a joke again about how he asked me why I'm not a cop. And, uh, and I looked at him and I was like, well, yeah, I couldn't tell him that daddy's been to jail. And that's why daddy's not a cop. Uh, so I was like, oh, I'm too old or whatever. And, uh, and he walked up to me and he smacked my stomach and he's like, you sure it's not because of this big boy. <laughs> oh shit. That's, oh yeah. man, your kids, uh, kids like, oh, you better watch out. You might be looking at your kid's future. Given that yeah. like, I used to fuck with my dad a lot like that, like. We'd be in church and I just start poking his belly and he look at me and I look up at him and be like, I'm checking the baby. Oh. And he just he shake his head, be like, This little motherfucker right here. Yep. Yeah, that's that's him throwing through. Yeah. And the little one is just like it's having a fuck a squirrel in the house all the time. This wild just, running around. Yeah, dude. They're they're chaotic. I mean, they're great, but, you know, this hour of freedom that I sit in my car to park and talk to you on a Saturday afternoon, this is like the best thing that's happened to me midday on a Saturday. And I couldn't even tell you how long. Before this, I was at a truck parade. A truck parade? <laughs> yeah. Oh, geez. <laughs> yep. Yeah. It's a little escape. A little escape. I mean, I, I've, I've caught myself in like the last decade. I've. Like, I was looking back, it's like, wow, I've really only hooked up with, like, one second. <sighs> All right. Had to yell at these old bastards. I live in, like, a crack house. It's entertaining. Okay. <laughs> Pretty much, like, I, I went to rehab. They set me up with this place. They're like, oh, yeah, this is good. This would be good for you. These are a bunch of people, uh, you know, clean and sober, getting out of there. I opened the drawer to the dresser that was already in here. And it was just a white bag just sitting right there. A little white powder bag sitting there. I'm just like, oh, uh, okay. Oh, look, a mystery. <laughs> Ooh, I found, oh, okay. Yeah, okay, cool. <laughs> yep. Yeah. But no, I fuck with That's that. That's rough. I fuck with the old guy next door, just uh, talking shit to him all the time. Because he sits there, I was like, what's up, Father Time? What are you doing? I'm just sitting there, waiting to die. Is that what you're doing? <laughs> cool well as a matter of fact yes <laughs> that all fucked me up i was like who's knocking on my door <laughs> <laughs> i thought you i thought you just mistimed like a chinese food delivery like i'm gonna oh. set this up for when this is over <laughs> no 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 uh usually i get 
left alone in my place. That's one of the benefits and all that. Oh yeah, now I know where I was. It was like, yeah, I've realized in like the last like 10 years, if I look at my hookups, I was like, I've been only hooking up with like moms. Lots of moms with their kids. And I always end up liking the kids way more than the mom. I'm like your mom's fucked up, but you're a cool kid. <laughs> yeah, that's a problem. That's a huge problem. <laughs> to a kid and just wind up with their mother. That's not a good look. <laughs> yeah, and it, it definitely isn't. <laughs> and it, but it's not like I go out to like places and I'm just like, yo, where the mom's at or something like that. It just like I just start talking. They end up being a mom. And somehow I end up meeting the kids. Me and the kids get along fine. The mom's crazy. <laughs> it's just like, uh, I like you, kid. But uh, yeah, I'm out. I gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> you do. Yeah. But tell, tell me more about uh, the Better Off Drunk podcast. Because like, I learned about it a little later from uh, Mike in our interview which I think I'm rendering right now on my other computer uh, to put up uh, next week. Essentially, you guys uh, do uh, drinking games and figure out and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, so ba- you play drinking games, obviously, throughout your life. Oh, yeah. you, you uh, have, you'll kind of always have that night where you're like, somebody should have recorded that. That was awesome. <laughs> uh, we're trying to do that. Un- like almost unintentionally. Mike came to me with the idea he wanted to uh, he wanted to do comics playing poker, and I was like, "Well, I can't really play poker. I'm not very good at that. Like, it sounds like a good idea." Um, and then just through conversation, we started like, "Why don't we just do drinking games?" Like, every, most of the people we hang out—if you're not sober and you're a comic, you're a drunk for the most part. There's yeah. two two classifications of people. There's people that don't get drunk anymore and people that get drunk too much. If you're a comic. Not going to argue that one. (laughs) So it basically turned into just it's Mike and I and then we'll have either two or three other comics on and we open our first beer when the podcast starts and an hour later throughout whatever game we're playing, we're normally hammered and the conversation follows that path, which is interesting sometimes and that's that's going to be what gets me fired from my actual job is going to be this podcast because <laughs> hmm. you're like uh steve can you come in for a moment yeah uh, yeah uh, we found this thing uh on youtube actually so the whole world can see it um and <laughs> this is this is what you said and i i'm gonna have no i'm gonna have nothing <laughs> You remember that promotion you were going for? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're going to need you to clean out your locker. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Uh, no, I, I think I talked to Mike. And I was like, maybe in this show in July, we'll just uh, we'll film something. I'm curious, oh, that have would you ever, be awesome. Have you ever heard of the game Three Man? No. It's like the game Kings, but you do it with dice. And there's certain okay. rules and all that to have fun. That was my, uh, I guess, the game I was known for in college that I brought from, like, my hometown and brought up there. And I was like, I will right. play three, man. Because people would, like, try and play CeeLo and all that for money. I was like, let's play a drinking game. I got one. This one's easy. Yeah. And, uh, oh, definitely. Definitely. We'd be working getting somebody fucked up pretty quick. 
somebody gets fucked up real quick. Usually the person who ends up being three man. That's all I'll tease. That's all I'll tease for now. Okay. All right. Yeah. Uh, we've actually had some other comics come on and bring like a new game that we didn't know how to play. And oh, they right. just kind of run the, they run the game. You know, it's a good time. So I look forward to that. That's <laughs> awesome. Jolly. Shit. Uh, but you've been uh, doing that podcast. You've been doing stand up. This like you're entering that first year. How do you looking back on this first year of comedy for you? Uh, I guess what can you take from it? What what would be the insight of Steve? I guess you could say <laughs> in as into this journey. I don't really know if I have any good insight. Like it's just I've learned that you have to do it to be able to do it which is a very basic thing to say, but a lot of people, you know, you see them once a week and Mm -hmm. it's just the same thing every week. But the people that you see four times a week or that you know are out all the time, you see their progression. And if you pay attention, the, the lesson tells itself, you know, go up, work, and that's the only way you're ever gonna get better at it, really, unless you're a genius. Hmm. I don't know how many of them I've run across at this point. Yeah. You know? hmm. uh, I believe yeah, I have. I just... hmm? uh, no, I just got this. Something ran up in my mirror. It was a kid on a bike messing oh. me up real quick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Well, Steve, I've uh, kept you for your hour of freedom. I'm going yeah. to have to release you back into uh, to the family. And your hectic days, as you've uh, yeah. illustrated uh, quietly, uh, nicely today. Oh, yeah. I'm actually going to go for a hike and go adopt a cat. Would you like to go on a vegan diet as well? Uh, <laughs> Good. Yeah, time for that shit. One, one thing at a time. One thing at a time. Yeah. Don't fuck it. <laughs> That's it. That's it. So, uh, all right, man. Anything, Thank you for having uh, me on, dude. Yeah, but anything you want to plug or anything for the audience, uh, somewhere uh, they can find you and all that? Uh, just uh, Instagram, Pocaro Comedy, P-O-C-A-R-O Comedy. Um, that's it. Anything I'm doing is going to be posted up there. Uh, mm-hmm. Got a Facebook page. Don't really update it much. going to be very honest with you. Uh, and that's pretty much it. Check out Better Off Drunk on YouTube, Spotify. Better on YouTube because you can see it, and it's drinking games. Um, yeah. But and yeah. uh, guys, of course, you can find me. Well, if you're listening to this, you've already found the podcast. But if you'd like to actually contact and talk to me, you guys can find me on Twitter at the TommyTom88 and on Instagram at TommyTomP88. Uh, Steve, once again, thank you for uh, giving me your time. Uh, wish thank you luck in, uh, as you go back into uh, your world. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm going to go record the podcast in like four hours. So <laughs> I like- <laughs> Man, that life today. never won't stop, can't stop. Steve Picaro. All right, buddy. You take care. See you all, all right, next time. All right. And we're done. I'm Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Flip personality, you know it's I. You never see my kind. Never seen a fucking sliver or a slice. I'm the butcher choice. Guts know I'm nice. You got beef? I got waggle with a knife. Now I'm gonna be wrapping up bodies up at night. Like Ray Charles. Y'all know I'm out of sight. Now I'm gonna be slaying this because you know I love the life.
Yo, you gotta read between the lines. I'm only gonna be moving when I'm read through all the signs. Johnny Mnemonic, I got an upgrade in mind. This is for the rebels and their revolutionary minds. Cybernetic linguistics, you know I'm on my mind. Prototype the new dimension, man, that shit is mine. Future is creation and creation is sublime. Make your own legend only happens with time.